0: It can feel really hard to know what God wants us to do and when. Today on the show, I have a special guest. Her name is Samantha Brown. She is a clutter coach over at Her Healed Heart, and she is going to share her wisdom and her personal story with us about how God called her from her traditional nine-to-five job into being her own boss. She's also going to give us some practical tips on how we can have that discernment for ourselves. This is part one of two. So make sure you come back next week for the conclusion of this awesome interview. Let's do this. Welcome to Fruition Mindset, where it's all about mindset coaching for Christian entrepreneurs. Hey, I see you trying to get this thing to work for you, but feeling like you're struggling with decisions and stuck in doubt. You're afraid to commit. You feel like you have one foot in and one foot out and you keep second guessing your every move. When I wanted to start my first business over 10 years ago, I was the same way. It didn't matter how many letters I had behind my name or what my credentials were, I never felt qualified. I'm Kayla Eggenberger, wife, mom, and daughter of the king. And I'm here to tell you that you can transform your mindset, ditch doubt, and take confident action in your business. Your breakthrough is on the other side of letting go of all these fears you have around your business, finally saying yes and stepping into who God has created you to be and where he's calling you to go. If you're ready to develop the mindset you need to take the dreams and goals God has laid on your heart and bring them into fruition, you are in the right place. So fill up your favorite mug, grab your journal, and get ready to take some thoughts captive. So, welcome, Samantha.
1: I'm so excited to have you here on the show. I have listened to some of your podcasts where you coach where you coach clients like live on the air. I love that. And what you're doing there is just, it's so good. I really enjoyed listening to it, listening to the transformations that are happening just right there on air. But before we kind of dive into to everything, tell, tell us a little bit more about what you do and who you help.
2: Thank you for having me. So who I or who I am is a wife, a mom, You know all of the things, and the women that I help are the women that are just like me. We do all of the things for all of the people in our lives, and we don't get support anywhere, or we don't feel like we get support. We may get support from our husbands a little bit, or our families a little bit, but there's no one in our life that we can be a thousand percent honest with that we feel like has been there before is not judging us for what we've been through and that we can just be raw and vulnerable with.
1: I love that. That's so important. And you're right. There's just really not, there's really, for for most people, there's not that outlet, especially even our friends, right? Even our friends, you know, they love us and they support us, but we don't feel like we can be completely vulnerable or completely honest with them because we also want them to think a certain way of us. So it can be really hard to
2: or of our husbands or of our children, you know, we have those certain friends that we can be somewhat honest with, but no matter who is in our daily life, there's a point that you get to with them. And, you know, it's different for each person in your life, but you can only be honest up to that certain point, because like you said, you want them to see you a certain way. You care what they think. And so I think that's why a lot of us truly don't have that person that we're like, look. They're not going to judge us. It doesn't matter what I say to them. She's there just for me. And that's why I love the life coaching and the podcast. Like my goal for it is just to give the everyday Christian woman support right where she's at. Love it.
1: I love that. I think it's so important. And yeah, just like you said, with, with needing needing that and then being concerned about how other people see us not being able to be completely honest and, but really being completely honest, even just with ourselves, which is really difficult, but being honest with ourselves, that's, that's exactly how we heal. That's how you have, you have to kind of, you have to bring that stuff up and bring it to light in order to heal it. So awesome work that you're doing.
2: And a lot of us, I don't think realize, and I didn't even realize about myself until actually a few months ago. When the podcast journey started that I had a lot of <clears throat> I'd forgiven everyone in my life, but i had never thought about forgiving myself. Mm. Yeah. And when the Holy I was at church one morning and when the Holy Spirit brought it up, I just started weeping, you know, because i had never thought about it. Like I had, you know, done it everything for my family. I had forgiven my husband. I had forgiven my parents. I had forgiven my past. Like I had done all of quote unquote, the work, but it had just never been brought to my mind. Hey, you need to forgive yourself for, I didn't, I don't even know what I was forgiving myself for but it broke off of me.
1: Yes. Right. I, I think it's especially important for women, like you were talking about, cause I'm, you know, I'm right there with you. I'm somebody that tried, we want to do all the things we want to do all the things mm-hmm. and we want to do them. Well, that's kind of how I, how I see mm-hmm. things. And so whether it's really something that other people would think we would need forgiveness for, we, we, we need to forgive ourselves because we fall short in our own minds, these ridiculous standards that we set for ourselves.
2: Absolutely. And I completely am your listener, like the woman that, you know, is trying to do all the things, is start trying to, you know, ditch the fear and the doubt. And that's what started me on this journey. And I love what you're doing of helping that woman because for me, I'm helping more of the like her daily life, like her inner work, but you're helping her also in her like outward work. Yeah. So I, I think that's like there's,
1: there's so much marketing online, especially in the online space and about, you know, whenever it comes to business that, that it shows, you know, make a hundred thousand dollars or make six figures or make multiple uh, six figures by doing this, yeah. <laughs> by doing that. And, or they're all really tactical. That's a lot of advice that you get. And then there's also a lot of really tactical advice, which is great about how to do you know, how to set up an email list or how to structure your business or, you know what I mean, that kind of really tactical stuff. But I feel like there's a gaping hole whenever it comes to all of the mind drama that comes up whenever you're starting, whenever you're starting a business or whenever you're wanting to pivot your business into a different direction. I mean, Absolutely. because I, for me, I found that to be really what is the, like the challenging part more so than anything else.
2: Yes. And I mean, I would agree because at this point I have, started like four businesses total (laughs) over (laughs) the past decade. And, you know, of course, one of them was like the network marketing, you know, like selling Pink Zebra to all my friends and family. And because I knew God had called me to something and I knew that I had that entrepreneurial spirit in me, but I also still had to pay the bills. Right. You know, so trying to figure out that balance, especially when your kids are younger, is really hard. And so now that I've learned all of those life lessons over the past decade of when, you know, hearing from God, having him help me start my business. Now I'm flourishing because I've done all of that work. I've allowed him to help guide me and to like partner with him and it's working.
1: I love it. I love hearing. I love hearing the stories of that. Like I love hearing the struggle and then how it like how it transforms, how it turns around, what the, what the point is that kind of a tipping point where things really start to work out. And I think we need more stories like that, which is exactly why I'm having you on. I want to hear about your journey, you know, from, just tell us about your journey. I love to hear all of it, the struggles and the transformation and how it started working.
2: Yeah. So or, originally I got married about 15 years ago. I had two kids very early on, I was still in my mid 20s and right after I had my second one, which was my son, right after I had him, I started working at a place with autistic children. And of course, at first I thought, oh, this is awesome. This is so special. And it was (laughs) at first. But then the they used to be a private owned company. So we would only have like three kids we were responsible for. So you felt like you were actually helping those kids. And then they got bought out by a corporation. And so all of a sudden, they're expecting you to watch 10 kids or 12 kids compared to just three autistic children. And then what used to be just autistic children then became behavioral kids. And so it was this extremely excruciating, struggling place to work. Most people on average last about six weeks there. Wow. God had me stay for a decade.
1: Oh, my.
0: Okay, tell us about that. (laughs) Tell us about that.
2: So when I first started there, I honestly felt like it was my calling. Like I was called to help those children. I know I was. And I even had almost like this covering over me because the kids that we had at that place were very physical. So they would come at you with their fists. They'd spit on you, hit you. Like it was a very physically demanding job. And a lot of them, when, when they would go off, and for whatever reason, and I believe it's because I had the Holy Spirit in me and because I loved on them as best I could and God truly had called me to that place, they would be in the middle of hitting someone else, turn to hit me, see it was me, and then move past me and go on to somebody else. Wow. Like I had a covering over me for that <laughs> place, truly. and. I knew in my spirit that God had not released me from there. And so I used to sit in my car and I would be like, God, I can't go to work. I mean, I was I'd get anxiety because I worked third shift. So I would get anxiety the whole day leading up to the third shift of what if I get hurt tonight? What if I have to go to the hospital tonight? What if like all the what ifs, you know, like you were talking about in your brain, it's the same with business. It's the same with anything we do. And, but I kept feeling God tell me not yet, not yet. And, you know, you go through so much time that you're like, well, is it ever going to happen? Are you ever going to release me? And then you go through these like ebbs and flows up and down of it goes good for a while and then it goes really bad again. And then it goes good for a while and then it goes really bad again. And. That's what I love the most about that time of my life. Now looking back is it taught me how to hear God for myself.
0: Yeah, I think
1: it's, I think something that would be interesting. I would love to know really how you knew that, that God was wanting you to stay there versus sometimes we just, you know, we're just afraid, right. We're just afraid to do it. So so there's kind of that discernment that we need that, you know, to help us figure out, okay, is this me and my own brain and my own fear and doubt keeping me from stepping on to the new thing or stepping out in faith in the next thing, or does God really just want, really want me here right now?
2: Yeah. And I think that that truly boils down to, For one, our faith, like our journey walk with God, because the longer you walk with him, the louder his voice gets and the more that you know it's his voice. But at first, it was more of a knowing is the only way to describe it. Like, I just knew that God had called me there. And any time I tried to do something different or I was like, okay, on my own, I'm going to go apply somewhere else. I quit. I'm over this it would never work out ever, you know? And so that was almost like confirmation of, okay, if God wanted me somewhere else, he really would help me open those doors.
1: Yeah. So how did you, what happened or how did it work where you transitioned for working for somebody else to working for yourself?
2: Yeah. So after the decade, I got to this point where I assumed, okay, God's just going to keep me here forever. Like I'm stuck for the rest of my life (laughs) because it had been so long and I was spending time with God at my spot one day and I very clearly felt the Holy Spirit tell me, Samantha, it's time to jump. Wow. But at the time I wasn't even praying about work or anything. And I'm like, jump, what do you mean? (laughs) You know, like, what do you mean, jump? Where am I jumping to? And then after spending a few minutes with God and just talking to him, and it was just that knowing and that feeling of, okay, it's time to leave work. And at that point, I was excited, but I was so not stuck in my ways, but I had been there for 10 years. But I'm telling you, when God told me to jump. It was like the covering came off of me. Oh, wow! And those kids, the night, the night that I finally quit, there was a kid that had been there for every bit of eight years. He would always attack everyone else. He would come close to attacking me, but then he would go on to someone else when he would see that it was me, and he'd be like, he'd be in the middle of getting ready to punch me, and be like, "Hey, Miss Sam," and then turn and punch someone else. Then. After God told me to jump, it wasn't a few days later, that kid attacked me. The anxiety of being there, all of a sudden, where before I had peace, now I had anxiety. Like before, I would have anxiety up until I got to work. But once I got to work, it would be fine in the 10 years. You know, like it would always work out. I'd end up having peace. I'd pray on the way to work. But then all of a sudden, after God had told me to jump, I no longer had peace at work.
1: Yeah. So you had not only a change in your external circumstances with this kid now, you know, being violent towards you, but you yeah. had an internal shift as well. So you kind of had both of those things happening at the same time, not to yeah. mention, you know, God telling you to jump. So you have, you have confirmation that there are things happening by, from a few different angles.
2: Yes. Yeah. And that's what I love about God. I call them my neon sign moments, but it, feels like it's happening at multiple different, on multiple different levels from multiple different ways. And it's like a neon sign of the same thing or like a record repeating in your life. Yes. And for me, I've found that's when God's trying to nudge me one way or another.
1: Yes. Same thing. It will be like, I used to think back in the day, whenever I wasn't walking as closely with God, I would think that it was just a coincidence or something things uh-huh. that would happen, but I will get literally the exact same message from like three different unrelated, um, yes. sources within a span of like 24 hours. And so <laughs> now, I'm, now I know. And I told my husband the other day, I had this, the same thing happen. Only it was two, two messages. And I was like, I think, I think God knows that now it just, I just need two. I don't need three. I used to need, I used him to like really hit me over the head with things before I would pay attention. Um, yeah. and now I'm, I'm picking it up a little bit faster. So
2: um, right, and that's amazing. Like even those little shifts that we have in our lives, being able to celebrate those, and like you said, realizing, hey, I must I'm doing something right because now it only takes me two times instead of three. Right? Yeah, exactly.
1: It's like okay, I'm growing. I'm I'm getting in tune. I know what I, you know.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing. Just a side note, real quick, but it kind of goes with this. That's one thing I've learned over the years is super important are celebrating those little wins, because if you don't, you're going to get so burnt out waiting for that big win that may never happen. Or like you're going to be so stressed out in this journey of becoming your own boss or working for yourself or whatever your journey is, even if you're still working for someone else. But if you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to celebrate until I get the raise or until I get the client or until whatever you're going to be waiting and then you're going to be stressed out and burnout by the time you get to that moment. And That's so a- like, I, yeah, like I have a client the other day that I was telling her, even if she realizes that she has been kind to someone like, like the smallest little win, walk around the corner and do a little dance and be like, Ooh, yeah, I did it. I did it. You know, because if you don't, you're, you're nothing's going to change for you. But if you start celebrating those little wins, your body, your your mind, your heart, your energy, all of that's going to shift because all of a sudden you're having fun along the way.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And there's there's it takes a lot longer to get to the big wins than I feel like is marketed to us and is sold to us and that we think is the way it's going to happen. We think it's going to happen way faster because maybe it does happen for some people that way. I'm sure that it. It does. But for me, it's definitely been baby stepping it <laughs> a lot. And some things have taken years to come to fruition, you know, yeah. years and yeah. And, and setbacks and having to overcome. And, you know, thankfully now looking back at some things kind of like you were saying, looking back, I can see how that was equipping me for where I am now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's really hard when you're in it. So having that mindset of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate the little wins. I'm going to celebrate the little things and, and bring attention to them and bring light to them because we have to do that or else our brains will naturally just want to focus on all the negative.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And we can, one thing that's been amazing to me that I just recently figured out is we can choose what we think about. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever taught me that, you know, I always thought whatever thoughts come into my head, I guess those are my thoughts. So I've got to go with them. And but no, we honestly are able to look at our thoughts, which is amazingly one of the things that God has given me since I've started the Hurried Heart is a way to look at our thoughts and see what lies we're believing and I think that is so powerful because we don't even really pay attention to what we're thinking, but whatever we're thinking will come to fruition.
1: Yes. It's, it's so funny. You know, I had read the passage in the Bible where it says to take every thought captive. I don't know how many times, you know, I've read it or heard it throughout the years in church or in Bible study, but it always seemed like, oh, okay. Take every thought captive. Like I never really thought about what that meant or a practical way that it applied to my life Mm -hmm. until I got involved in coaching and started to realize exactly what you're saying that how the power of thoughts and exactly how they you know create our reality, create and affect our our feelings, our actions. But yeah, it just seemed like a nice little a nice little verse in the Bible. Like so many do until you have kind of the revelation or you get to a point in your in your journey where you start to have that understanding that you didn't have before.
2: Yeah. And it's also a matter of, I used to think that taking every thought captive meant pleading the blood of Jesus over it in Jesus name, I'm, or, you know, I rebuke you enemy in the name of Jesus and then just going on with your life. Right. That is not what that means. You know, like those are good tools to have and those are good things to do for sure. But God gives us the tools and the mind and the way to examine our thoughts. And it even talks about that in the Bible. Like We need to examine our thoughts and take a fearless moral inventory of what are we talking about, what are we thinking about, what's going on internally for us.
0: Hey, thank you so much for listening and for hanging out with me today. If this podcast has blessed you in some way, I would love for you to share it with a friend, and leave a review on iTunes. When you leave a review, it helps the podcast grow and reach more people. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.